0: hi there i'm clarence waldron welcome back to black muse but before we get started with tonight's guest who you're going to really love i want to give a special thank you and acknowledgement to howard sandifer and darlene sandifer they are the founders of the chicago west community music center and this whole video podcast is their idea that they asked me to search for outstanding extraordinary black women to celebrate the uh, women's history month so um with that in mind i'm going to introduce y'all to Ms. perry irma the president and ceo of the disabled black history museum and Education Center. Hey, Perry. Hi there, Clarence. It's such an honor to be with you. Oh, thank you, thank you. Let's start at the top. What inspired you to change the museum's name to the Gustavo Black History Museum and Education Center? What inspired that? Well, you
1: know, um, Clarence, we, uh, we're celebrating our 62nd year this year uh, and the Board of Trustees and I had been talking about how do we present a very future forward Um, impression and how do we really capture uh, the completeness of our mission, right? And of course, being founded by educator Margaret T. Burroughs in 1961, education has always been top of mission for us. And so we wanted to put that in our name as an education center, because that's what we do. We teach Black excellence. We teach all people through black history art and culture and when i say all people not not only all colors of people but all black people's stories right and so while we still concentrate on the african american story in for in large part um we know that black people are everywhere in the world right they're across the entire diaspora and what we don't usually learn about, our kids don't learn about it are the perspectives of black people in the Caribbean, in former colonies, on the, on the continent of Africa, um, in South America. You know, different stories that connect us um, as black people and culturally and spiritually, but the experiences may be a little bit different, and the stories may be a little bit different, and we want to teach all of that. Uh, So that's why the change from African American to Black, because it's all-encompassing, and our young people call themselves Black, right? I mean, you know, I have three daughters, 40, 37, 27, They don't call themselves African-American. They call themselves Black. We are all Black people. Uh, And so that's why African-American to Black And that's why we added uh, Education Center onto our name and the rebranding has been really well received. Um, We have new graphics, new logo, um, and it has really been uh, amazing the positive reactions that we've gotten back and the young people love it right and that's why we're doing this right we're doing this to fulfill Margaret's legacy, and we're doing it to draw more young people because that's what will sustain us. That's the future of the institution and the future of our community.
0: Okay, so you always have exciting things there at the uh, museum. Is there going to be something, a private art collection by CC Pounder? Yes, in Mm -hmm. fact,
1: that opens to the public on Saturday, March 18th, and most folks know CCH Pounder. She's a very prolific actress. Um, Most recent TV roles were uh, the medical examiner on NCIS New Orleans. She was on that series for, I think, seven or eight years. Um, But she's been in multiple films. She uh, is in Avatar. She was in the original Avatar and now the sequel. Uh, She was in Baghdad Cafe. Uh, She's been in a variety of films and TV shows. And if you Google her filmography, you'll say, oh my gosh, I know her. She's everywhere, right? But what most people don't know is that she is a dedicated collector of Black art uh and cc pounder is originally from guyana uh which is uh in which is a former british and dutch colony uh and it's off of the northeast coast of brazil and that is a different perspective right she was born there raised there but she was educated in england in london Uh, and so she has been collecting as an adult um Black art from the Caribbean, from Africa, from uh, America, right? Uh, And that collection, we're going to be featuring selections from that magnificent collection here at the DuSable Museum. Again, it opens on Saturday, March 18th, and it will run through mid-July of this year.
0: Cool, cool. Now, will she come to town? Possibly. yes
1: she will she will be here the the night before the opening uh she'll be around uh on the 18th we're gonna do uh a uh a segment with her uh kind of a talk back interview session with her in our theater uh on saturday afternoon uh i think at two o'clock uh you can check our website but i think it's two o'clock uh and she's just a delightful person and she uh is very much um, very excited about being here for the Chicago audience to talk about her history of collecting, to talk to uh, emerging artists uh, about how to connect with collectors, and uh, and some of the stories that she has about meeting these wonderful Black artists and why she decided to collect their art.
0: also you have something coming up with the uh costume designer ruth carter yes we've we've been
1: working with ruth Ruth carter um we've been talking with her since before the And we are looking to bring her costume collection here to the DuSable uh, this fall. Um, So stay tuned for the details on that, but that's the plan uh, to welcome Ruth Carter's costume exhibit to the DuSable Museum.
0: Okay, Now you sort of said this already, but can you elaborate on Dr. Margaret Burroughs' vision that you're trying to fulfill that and keep that alive? can you sort of elaborate a little bit more about that
1: well sure you know in the early 60s and by the way um you know we're the oldest independent black history museum in the country we were the first um and dr burroughs being an educator uh realized that there was this lack of curriculum and lack of um of showcasing Black art and Black culture and Black history in a museum setting. Um, So she started the DuSable actually in her home in Bronzeville. uh, And then we moved here to our facility at Washington Park in the early 70s. Um, But her whole point was to educate. Educate everyone on the beauty of Black people, of our culture, our art, our poetry. She was herself a magnificent artist and a poet and a writer. Uh, And that's why she started this museum. Uh, And and we have an amazing collection, a very large collection, a very uh, significant archival collection of documents uh, and letters and photographs. Uh, And so we're an amazing repository of Black culture. Uh, And now, you know, Margaret, I think, would have been shocked and dismayed uh, to see that we are still fighting uh, those same battles that we thought we won before, right? Voting rights, okay? You've got people who are literally trying to block the teaching of Black history. Um, who Who could have imagined that we would be in the place we're in in 2023, um, so our mission now is even more important than ever, uh, because we're what's we are standing in the breach, right? We are really resisting uh, and pushing out uh, our Black history when others are trying to block it. Um, so, a very important mission at a very important time.
0: I wanted to learn something about you Ooh. this is the uh, black muse podcast mm-hmm. who inspired you who inspired you to dream big the way that you have
1: oh my goodness well part, <laughs> of course my mother right you know i was raised by strong black women uh my mother my grandmothers my aunts uh, and you know I'm 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 a I'm I was born in 1959, right? So when I grew up, I grew up in the women's lib movement, and you know when they had that Virginia Slims, you know I can bring home the bacon and and fry it up in a pan, and uh, <laughs> you know that's that that's kind of what you know I never knew that there was anything that I couldn't do or wasn't supposed to do, right? Growing up in the 60s and 70s, right? And growing up here in high park in chicago you know around liberal progressive politics and always you know you know being in a family that was aware of that and involved in that right so when uh you know i i i have my undergraduate degree from IIT in architecture and my law degree from the University of Chicago but I've always been here uh, as a southsider right uh, and you know working in government practice and uh, working in in, in uh, public service so you know public service is important to me community service is very important to me that's what inspires me uh, and you know I have had the blessing of many wonderful mentors uh many wonderful black women mentors uh but also men right uh and especially being in professions that have always been dominated you know male dominated professions you know it toughened me up uh mm-hmm. and so there's very little that uh that i will shy away from or any uh you know kind of any 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 good fight and good trouble I can get in, like John Lewis says, I don't I don't mind that at all. Uh, it's necessary, right? Uh, so this mission, which is you know this leadership of the Dusable Museum to me is uh, a mission for community, uh, and it's a spiritual mission, and it's it's a very very critical mission at this point in time.
0: What are your earlier earliest memories? Of the Adesabu, uh, because you grew up in Hyde Park, Kenwood.
1: I did. Yeah, you know, wow. I remember coming on school trips, right? I remember, um, you know, seeing the the exhibit on uh, African kings and queens, uh, and uh, you know, certain other you know exhibits that were here at the time. Uh, I remember Dr. Burroughs, I did not know her well, but I do remember her and I remember, you know, meeting her on a few occasions and even uh, uh, purchasing from her, you know, one of her famous uh, black and white uh, uh, prints, right? Um, Linoleum cut prints. So um, this has always been uh, an icon in the black community, in Chicago in general. Um, and Chicago, you know, we're a world-class city. We have the most amazing uh, arts and culture um, uh, community uh, of anywhere, really. And, you know, DuSable is an important museum amongst other very important museums in the city.
0: Okay. Now, did you ever a dream that you would one day lead the DuSable Museum?
1: no never never uh no never thought about that you know i uh but i never thought i'd run white Sox park and i never thought i'd be doing a lot of things that i uh, have done in my career uh but that's the beauty of life right and that's also the you know when when i talk to especially young women uh it's uh it's to uh you know not block the blessings right so if an opportunity is being presented to you it's because you're qualified to do that and you know i i kind of say yes way more than i say no right uh, and um you know if people are seeking you out um to do things um it's because you have uh, the ability to do it and maybe a reputation for getting things done um, so that's why i'm here and i i, I love it 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 is a a personal mission for me. I'm doing this, you know, to kind of complete Margaret's vision and take it to the future uh, and add to it. Right. Uh, But I'm really doing it for my grandchildren and their children and their grandchildren. Right. Um, Because this is um, this is a jewel uh, of a museum and has always been more than a museum.
0: Now let's go back to when you were CEO of the uh Illinois Sports Facility Authority you mentioned that what was that experience like for you
1: Oh that was really interesting you know I ran White Sox Park for about 7 years and uh most people don't realize that the baseball stadium uh when I started there it was called US Cellular Field and it's got some other name now through the naming rights um but The Illinois Sports Facilities Authority is really a jointly administered agency uh, run by the city of Chicago and the state of Illinois. Um, So we own that ballpark. The taxpayers own that ballpark and all the land around it, right? Uh, And the White Sox are actually a tenant in that publicly owned facility. Um, So my goals in coming in to manage the facility, I didn't have anything to do with baseball. Although I did tell them when I started in 2004, we won the World Series in 2005, right? Uh, Which uh, which I wasn't supposed to predict because they told me that was bad luck. It was it was super. (laughs) They're very superstitious in baseball. Mm -hmm. But I looked at the team and all those good-looking men, and I said, I think we're gonna win. (laughs) So you know that had nothing to do with me knowing about baseball. It just I just had a feeling, right? And they're a great great. Bunch of guys, um, but really the the job wasn't about baseball. It was about you know managing a publicly owned facility, about doing construction, and about um, you know maximizing the benefit to the taxpayers. But also, what was very important to me was opening up the stadium because, as I said, people don't realize it belongs to them, right? The public doesn't realize it's their house, right? Uh, and so I made it a, a, a point and was You know very adamant uh about uh bringing the community into the ballpark right uh bringing kids into the ballpark making sure that our uh uh residents from the south side were able to get access to jobs and contracts uh and really you know opening it up that way to the people who own the facility um so i think you will you know find that uh all of the folks that I brought in really were for the benefit of the community, uh, so that they would have access to it, um, so that social service organizations could come in uh, and use the suites, I would give them suites so they could come in and make money, Uh, you know, with fundraising, uh, we would give away thousands of baseball Groups and churches and things um, and seniors uh, and that's important because you know we're we're paying for it we should have access right
0: absolutely absolutely now going back to Desalvo you've been CEO since 2015 any of uh, plans for the future with the Desalvo things you would like to do. Oh,
1: sure. You know, when I first arrived in the fall of 2015, one of the first things I did was apply for Smithsonian uh, Institution affiliateship, and we uh, received our affiliate status in the spring of 2016. Uh, And if you remember, our National Museum of African American History and Culture opened in September of 2016. So it was very, very timely. To have us become an affiliate of the Smithsonian at the same time and the same year that our museum opened. And we really did see an uptick in uh in attendance that year uh, because and the following years because of the awareness that was building uh as a result of of our National Museum. Um, So you'd be surprised what a diverse um, visitor base we have. Um, We get people from all over the world here uh, who are coming to learn, Uh, as well, of course, as well as, you know, kids, a lot of uh, school children and school groups coming, uh, and, um, you know, a lot of folks from, you know, parts of the country and also you know around the Chicagoland area Um, and in terms of plans for the future um, under our lease with the park district we have an amazing building across on the south side of 57th street uh, that was built in 1880 um, and designed by the famous architect Daniel Burnham Uh, And so that Burnham Roundhouse, which is a national landmark, is going to be our museum expansion uh, in the next couple of years, uh, where we will quadruple the amount of exhibition space that we have uh, it will create some retail uh, we already use our, our outdoor uh, plaza uh, for jazz performances in the summertime uh, and our summer jazz is going to start this year um, I think around th- on Thursday it's going to be on Thursday nights. Uh, tentatively, that first performance will be on June 22nd uh, of 2023. Um, so we've got a lot of big plans, uh, and uh, all that's standing between us and realizing those plans is uh, is is the money, the funding. Uh, and unfortunately, the DuSable, like a lot of Black organizations and institutions, has never been fairly funded, uh, never funded to the extent that other big museums are uh, or have been. Uh, but we're trying to rectify that. Uh, and we're, we're working very hard not only to, you know, increase our fundraising, but also to get what we deserve from, uh, from the state. Uh, and what's been promised to us from the state and from the city, uh, in terms of capital funding,
0: cool. you know, I, I was reading about you, you received so many awards, so many honors, including France's highest honor in the arts, the order of arts and arts and letters. tell tell us about that.
1: Yes, that was really an uh, an unexpected honor that was granted to me back in 2021. Uh, The French ambassador even came to Chicago from Washington, D.C., to give me this award. uh, And it's called the uh, Chevalier de l'Ordre des Arts et des Lettres. So the Chevalier. Of the Order of Arts and Letters, it's basically a knighthood, uh, and uh, my granddaughters asked me, "Grandma, do you get a horse if you're a knight? Are they going to give you a horse?" <laughs> I'm like, "I don't think so, but I'll ask." <laughs> but okay. really, you know, it 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 really um, was the result of all the work that we have done uh, with the French Embassy and the French government and the French consulate here in Chicago. Um, you know, there's a big connection between between uh, Black Americans and France, right? Um, Our troops in World War I uh, from the 370th uh, Regiment were deployed to to France. They fought under French command. Uh, They were deployed in 1918 uh, and, you know, Black, Black soldiers have fought in every war America's ever been in, right? right. Um, And they've fought for democracy and then come home to not receive the benefits of democracy themselves. Um, So we have a beautiful exhibit, uh, the centennial exhibit for World War I, uh, that tells the story of our Black troops uh, and how highly regarded they were by the French army, uh, receiving multiple, multiple um, uh, awards and recognitions. The one is called the Croix de Guerre, which is kind of the equivalent of our Congressional Medal of Honor, right, or a Purple Heart. Uh, And our Black troops received more of those than most of the white regiments that fought in World War I. Um, So that exhibit was partially um, funded by the French Embassy. Uh, in addition to that, we've had, uh, exhibits here from the most prominent, um, uh, contemporary art museum in all of Europe, which is the Palais de Tokyo in Paris. Um, They had their first U.S. exhibit here at the DuSable Museum. Um, So that was back in 2017. So every year we have worked with the French um, on issues of uh, Black history. and, and and that intersection with French history. Um, you remember the documentary film I Am Not Your Negro, the James Baldwin documentary, that was an amazing film and it was created by a Black French filmmaker, right? Uh, that director um, uh, uh, is French. Um, and so they sponsored us bringing the film here and showing it uh, at the DuSable. Um, we've had other French photographers and, and uh, scholars who are, have come uh, to study at the, to study our archives at Sable. So we're, we really are um, an internationally known uh, institution. Uh, and we have partners, obviously, in France, but also in the Netherlands, uh, also in the Caribbean, uh, also in Africa, also in Israel. Uh, we have a main film partner in Israel uh, who we did the, um, the project Equiano uh, with. We were executive producers on the film Equiano Stories. Um, So we really are sought after Uh, we really are um, have quite uh, a reputation for um, accuracy, authenticity. Um, we have, we're in very high regard, um, as scholars and, uh, and museum professionals. So, um, it's all about excellence and showing that excellence in a black museum, in a black, uh, institution. Um, and, uh, you know, we have, uh, even, um, you know, talked about doing um, a global classroom. Since we all learned how to do Zoom during COVID, uh, we now know that everybody in the world can be connected on a computer screen. Uh, So our education department is looking at ways to bring children uh, into a global classroom. So again, they can learn about each other. It will be amazing when we can take a kid from the South Side or the West Side and introduce him to a child in Haiti or South Africa or the Bahamas uh, and just learn about each other and how much we have in common but also the differences in life experiences. And you know, our American kids think that you know, they're in bad shape if they don't have enough pairs of sneakers, right? And so for them to see how other children across the world may be living, I think is very impactful. Uh, and I think it, uh, it really uh, broadens the perspective. Um, but also to see that there are Black nations, there are Black people governing, governing their own countries, right? Um, I will never forget um, visiting Parliament in the Bahamas and thinking, wow, wouldn't it be fabulous if I could bring some kids from Chicago here and they can look at this wall full of of you know photographs of black people or paintings of black people all black people in all different colors running their own country right our kids need to see that right because too many times they'll go into places and all they see are people who don't look like them right
0: mm-hmm. okay. absolutely yeah i'm winding down now i've got to ask you a question what is the significance of women's history month i mean you know why do we celebrate it talk to me about that well you know we have this this
1: thing that we do in in the united states where we have this need to assign a certain period of time to important things right uh, mm-hmm. so black history month in february women's history month in march um you know it, it is good in a way to have a specific time or designated time to pay attention uh to these things you know Carter G. Woodson started uh, 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 Negro History Week right back in the 20s, and uh, that grew into Black History Month. Um, But here, Black History Month is all year long. Every month, every day is Black History Day, right? Um, Likewise to to me, every month, every day is Women's History Day, Women's History Month. Um, But it is good to have a certain time when you focus uh, because we have so many distractions and so many things going on. You know, it is nice to say, okay, this March, we're gonna tell some stories of, of of great women, of brave women, you know. And I think uh, courage is a thing that um, that is in short supply these days, right? Amongst uh, amongst our leaders, as, uh, especially you'll you see, you know, every time you turn on the TV or open a newspaper, um, and there's so much turmoil, right? Uh, and and so much uh, so much fear, right? And so much anger, um, and so so I think to be able to uh, have a designated time to focus on uh, positivity, uh, I think is a is a good thing. And um, of course, Women's History Month. Uh, you know, I think we should have. Uh, uh, the whole year, right? (laughs) But it's good to have time to focus on it. And of course, Black women uh, have always been leaders. We've always done it all. Uh, And we've always carried on our shoulders uh, pretty much everything uh, that needs to be carried. Uh, So that honor uh, and honoring the stories is, is important.
0: Now, you also were on the, or are you still on the After School Matters advisory board are you still on that
1: yeah i am still on that i uh i i i always you know kind of apologize for not showing up to uh, because this place keeps me so busy but i do stay involved and one of the things that i um would love to see with after school matters and we we do a lot with after school matters we are um we're a a learning site for the after school matters students uh, we have been for for you know ever since i've been here uh, we have been a teaching site for after school matters programs um, but as i talk about being um, a, a global institution um, i and obviously i do a lot of work with the international community uh, and um, i would love to have uh, some of our students um, the after school matters students um, be connected to some of these consulates right? Right. Um, And be interns and have the opportunity to travel and have the opportunity to, um, you know, to listen in to zooms that are had uh, that come from uh, from, you know, uh, 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 from like, I'm trying to think of some of the consulates that are open here uh because the chicago has about 85 foreign consulates um so the bahamas for instance you know um if we had an after school matters program with the consular corps you could have some kids who are working with the bahamas working with uh barbados working with uh Haiti, the Dominican Republic, um, you know, working with um, a variety of Caribbean and African nations and just that exposure and understanding what it means to be a diplomat or a trade officer or uh, part of the education ministry or tourism ministry, um, I think is just very important. And to understand other cultures and uh, the connectivity between Black cultures across the world.
0: Cool. All right. I'm almost done. I really cool. am. <laughs> you have three adult daughters and four grandchildren. Yes. My joy. I'm sure. Uh, have they shown any signs of following in your footsteps or cool. not? yeah
1: i've raised a bunch of activists (laughs) okay yeah 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 i yeah i have uh all of my daughters are uh involved in one way or another with uh with community service with advocacy um and uh uh and you know i'm proud of that you know that's uh that's the example that um that I've said that our family has said that, you know, it is a responsibility to to serve right Uh, which doesn't mean you can't also make money but um, but service is very, very important. Um, So, yes, I'm, you know, very proud of all 3 of my daughters and um, and my grandchildren. I have a 10 year old and 6 year old girls granddaughters. and. 3 years old and almost one uh oh. my grandsons. Oh. So I'm just so proud and so blessed and you know I'm blessed to have both my parents still with me at 92 and 91 uh so mm. I can't complain about a thing and all my kids are here in Chicago still on the south side between Hyde Park and South Shore and uh we're together all the time you know uh, especially in the summertime because I'm surrounded by Leos. I have five Leos. Okay. So, you know, that's, you know, I just, I just keep cooking, you know, just keep feeding them and then we're good.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, I have enjoyed this conversation with you. Anything else you want to share? Anything else on your mind? Well, I would
1: love for folks to go on our website and become members of the DuSable Museum. Um, It's a great value. It's not expensive. You can get uh, a family membership for $90 a year. I don't know how much the Art Institute is, but it's probably twice that. Uh, And then you can get an individual membership still for only 60. But while you're doing that, buy a student membership for a a kid, for a young person. That's our future, right? Um, But become members so that you'll um, know what wonderful things we're doing here. Come out to the museum, right? Um, We, as I said, have this beautiful new exhibit opening in about a week, a little over a week. um, And we just have all sorts of beautiful things to see uh, and beautiful stories to tell. Um, so come on out with the whole family uh, and and keep coming one thing we absolutely do is we keep this place very dynamic right um you won't come and see the same old thing for years and years right things change we bring in new exhibits new programs all the time especially um, educational programs and um you know web-based programs and lectures and things so um you know we're we're very much um in tune also with our young people um this summer for juneteenth uh we're going to be celebrating the 50th anniversary of hip-hop uh so our team has a lot of really exciting things going on with that uh we're in the planning stages for that now uh so become a member so you'll know all the fabulous things that are happening over here right around the corner uh right here you don't have to you know go anywhere else uh it's all here so i thank you so much for having me on today uh and giving me this opportunity to talk about my favorite museum uh and one that i hope will be all of yours too
0: well thank you it's been a pleasure it's been an thank honor you. thank you